All right, it is November 23rd, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit Podcast, here to talk about a random comic book from my collection. Today's pick is Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, number 13, published by Western Publishing Company slash Whitman. I think that might have been the imprint, the comics imprint. I think they also did Gold Key Comics. This was published October 1981, cover price of 50 cents, 36 pages. I couldn't find any credit for the cover, whoever did the art, but it's a really nice painted cover, believe it or not. So there have been lots of comic book incarnations of Buck Rogers. This one follows the Buck Rogers TV series that aired from 1979 to 1981 with uh, Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray. So there are two stories in this. The first one, the main story, is called The Lights in the Sky, script by B.S. Watson and art by Mike Roy. The issue opens with Buck piloting his ship, uh, charting a new quadrant, when he realizes that he's lost. I guess that happens. He gets a proximity alert. The front of the ship takes a direct hit, and then he sees a giant behemoth of a ship that that took shots at him. Despite his evasive maneuvers, Buck takes another hit and crash lands on the planet below. Buck's arrival doesn't go unnoticed as the technologically advanced human-looking people monitor his crash site and send a patrol out to retrieve him. As the patrol is removing an unconscious Buck from the ship, The whole operation is being observed by a young boy wearing furs and animal skins. He runs to his village to tell his grandfather of the news of the man who fell to their planet in a spaceship and refers to a past event where, quote-unquote, lights appeared in the sky, and that's also the same time where his grandfather lost his throne or lost his power. I guess he was the leader at one point. The old man is skeptical, but the boy believes that the new visitor can help restore his grandfather to power. Elsewhere, Buck wakes up to find a beautiful woman named Bettina watching over him. She introduces him to the city called Moderna. It's the word modern with an A attached to it. Not not very uh, creative. A veritable paradise with no hunger, no disease. The citizens are at their peak physically and mentally. They enjoy arts, theater, sports, etc. Buck is so taken with their society that he kind of forgets all about repairing his ship and actually stays there for a couple of weeks. Eventually, Buck is introduced to Moderna's elders who tell the story of their society's origin, how they, a group of pacifists, were exiled from their technologically advanced but warlike world. When they found this planet, there was already a group of primitive people living there, and they used them to create the current world they live in. Buck takes umbrage with this, insisting that the elders had no right to alter the lives of the indigenous people. He decides that he's heard enough and just says, let me know when my ship is ready. Back in Buck's quarters, he's taken by surprise by a group of villagers who snuck into the city to kidnap him. They take him back to the village shirtless, which was pretty uh, pretty typical, pretty representative of Gil Gerard for the Buck Rogers TV show. It was the late 70s, early 80s. He, 
He bared his manly, hairy chest any chance he got. Once at the village, Buck learns the truth, that the city elders actually weren't exiled pacifists, but escaped criminals. Between their technology and their weapons, it was easy for them to subjugate the primitive people and create their own society. The young villager, whose name is Masu, wants Buck's help to take back what's theirs. Masu also shows Buck that his ship was actually never repaired, that it's still at the crash site completely untouched. While they're examining the ship, the village is attacked from above by the large ship orbiting the planet as punishment for taking Buck from the city. The villagers decide that even though their numbers have been decimated, the city elders would never expect an immediate counterattack. Buck agrees to help, but he and Masu first have to infiltrate the city and steal weapons and supplies to fix his ship. While they're sneaking around, they run into Bettina, and they tell her about the villagers on the outskirts of the city and the truth about the elders. It's a tough pill to swallow for her, but she accepts it and not only helps them get out, but escapes with them. Buck makes repairs to his ship and takes off. He's able to maneuver around the large ship and destroy it the explosion of which can be seen by the villagers. Masu actually assumes leadership of the village, while Buck once again tries to find his way home. So we never actually see if the villagers attack the city or try and enact change. I guess maybe we're to assume that they do try to make changes, but we never see it. The second story is called In My Life. It's, it's pretty short, but Buck returns after a long mission and is greeted in his quarters with a surprise party to celebrate his one-year anniversary of being in the future. It's kind of a who's who of regular characters from the show that make appearances. Dr. Hewer, uh, Colonel Wil- Wilma Deering, Twicky, Dr. Theopolis, and even a holographic version of Princess Ardala crashes the party. It's a nice story, if not a little by the numbers. Buck receives some thoughtful gifts representing his past life, and he gives a speech telling everyone how special his new friends are to him. And that's pretty much it. So that's all for Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, number 13, and for this episode of Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue from my collection. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.